Nothing is more mysterious to us than what happens after life. Is there life after death? And if there is, what can we expect? Can anyone really know what happens beyond the grave? When Lazarus died, Mary and Martha were devastated. Jesus arrived days later to console them and then declared, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, he asked? What about you? Do you believe Jesus has power over the grave? Is he your resurrection and life? All of life's mysteries are solved in Jesus Christ, including mysteries of the afterlife. I'm Ron Jones, something good starts right now. What about you? Do you believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. Thanks for making us part of your day. Well, we're about two weeks into Ron's teaching series, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons He is Still the One and Only. And if you missed any messages along the way, you can listen on demand at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And now to help answer the question, what happens after we die? Let's join Ron for part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Resurrection and the Life. And don't you love that? You know, when you're in a state of confusion, maybe bordering on a little disappointment with God, it's okay to express your heart to Jesus. He can take it. He knows what you're thinking anyway. So it's probably best to verbalize it to him. Lord, where have you been? If you had done this or if you had done that, I wouldn't be in the circumstances that I'm in today. It's okay. It's okay. Have that kind of open and transparent conversation with Jesus. Because here's what Jesus said to Martha. He assures her. He encourages her. And he says, Martha, your brother, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. If Martha were a seminary student, she'd get an A-plus in theology. She knew her theology well, well-formed in her mind. But Jesus knew that the present reality of the resurrection had not been birthed in her heart. Oh, she had all of her theological I's and her doctrinal T's dotted and crossed. I know, she says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But this is when Jesus turns to her and, and makes this theological knowledge more of a present reality in her life. She says, he says to Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I, I, am, I am the present reality, the, the manifestation of the doctrine and theology that you just checked the box on. And he goes on to say, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe this? Great question. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Now, in that little exchange right there, verses 17 through about 27, 
Jesus gives us some, um, I'll call them afterlife insights this morning. You have any curiosity about the afterlife? About what happens 60 seconds after you die? Most people do. In fact, if Hollywood is any indication, all the movies about, you know, these near-death experience, best, bestsellers, the books, the movies, all of that. But I want to caution you. Don't, don't let Hollywood define the afterlife. And be careful of these books that are out there, you know, about somebody who had some fanciful experience, like the one a couple of years ago titled The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven. Did you hear about that one? About some little boy who died and supposedly went to heaven, sat on Jesus' lap, saw the Holy Spirit over there, looked a little blue, was sized up for his angel wings, he said. Came back and told this huge story. A major Christian publisher published the book, The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven. I won't mention the name of the publisher. It was a major Christian publisher. Problem is, about eight or nine months ago, a big story came out. Got about 48 hours in the news cycle. The boy who came back from heaven didn't. Because the father and son who authored the book, whose names, and I don't make this up, their name is Malarkey, <laughs> the boy recanted the story. He said it never happened. I told the story to get some attention. And so what I say is, when it comes to matters of the afterlife, friends, it's the revelation of God, not human speculation, that gives us any understanding of the afterlife. And God hasn't told us everything we want to know about the afterlife, but He has told us everything we need to know. And in this section of Scripture, in this story, we're not told everything we even need to know about the afterlife, but we are told some things. Jesus pulls back the veil a little bit by declaring, I am the resurrection of the life. He introduces the whole subject of the afterlife to us, and there are, there are two or three things that, some insights that he shares with us here. The first is, it's all about resurrection, not reincarnation. He didn't say, I am the reincarnation and the life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And herein lies a huge difference between Christianity and other Eastern religions like Buddhism and Hinduism, where you have this idea of reincarnation. The Eastern religions view life and the afterlife in a cyclical kind of way. You die, you're reincarnated, you die again, you're reincarnated, you die again, and you just cycle through various lives like this. The Bible knows nothing of that. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. The bad news is there ain't any of us getting out of this world alive. There's an appointment, an appointment in heaven, on heaven's outlook calendar, the appointed time of your death and mine. Aren't you glad you don't know that day? I'm kind of glad I don't. I don't. But it's not, you know, die, reincarnate, die. It's appointed to man once to die and after that. So what is our hope as believers in Jesus Christ? It's resurrection. Jesus said to Martha, your brother, not will be reincarnated, hopefully better than a cockroach. No, your brother will rise again.
Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ronchon's message, the resurrection and the life. Somethinggoodradio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2 can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. 
Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Well, the story of Lazarus reminds us that death is a beginning, not an end. Here's Ron with the rest of today's message, The Resurrection and the Life. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he saw saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the linchpin of Christianity. He says, if Christ is not risen from the dead, we're all fools and our faith is in vain. That's why Easter is so important, friends. And every Sunday is a Resurrection Sunday, because that's the only reason we're here, is because we believe the the grave, Jesus Christ's grave, is empty. He rose again from the dead. The Bible refers to him as the first fruits of the resurrection, meaning he's the first of many to come. I don't have time to go into it all this morning, but did you know there are seven different resurrections mentioned from the Gospels forward to the end of the age? And every person, every person who has ever been born on this earth will experience a resurrection. Some will rise to eternal life, and yes, some will rise to eternal death, the Bible says. I think about that every time I walk through Arlington National Cemetery. We lived in the Washington, D.C. area for more than a decade, or about a decade, and I walk up and down those you know, beautifully ordered gravestones, hundreds, thousands of people buried there, and I think about the day when every one of those graves will open up. Your brother will rise again. And again, some to eternal life, the Bible teaches, some to eternal death, which brings me to the second afterlife insight, and that is that there are two deaths. Did you know that? Now, follow this very carefully. Death in the Bible is separation from something. When we die physically, the body goes in the grave, but the spirit departs from the body. It separates from the body and goes on into the afterlife. And again, I can make a case for you that just moments later, fully conscious in the afterlife, fully conscious, conscious in a place of either unimaginable bliss, absent from the body, present with the Lord, or a place of unimaginable torment and torture. One of two places. But there are two deaths. Revelation chapter 20, you fast forward to the end of the age and you come upon this this scene known as the great white throne judgment where all the nations of the earth, the unbelievers of all the nations of the earth are standing before the great throne of God. And the Bible says the second death is when the Lord takes Hades and death and casts them into the lake of fire with all those people. The second death is when uh, individuals are separated from God for all of eternity. Now, keep those two deaths in mind when you hear the words of Jesus here. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, that's the first death, yet shall he live. Yet shall he live. Somebody once uh, uh, was talking about matters of the afterlife to D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, and then, You know, Moody said, one day somebody's going to announce that D.L. Moody is dead. And he says, don't believe him for a minute, because I'll be more alive than I've ever been five seconds after I die. 
Uh, this is what Jesus is talking about. Whoever believes in me, though he die, first death, yet shall he live. Now listen to this. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. That's the second death. The believer in Jesus Christ will never experience the second death, which is eternal separation from God in the lake of fire or hell. That, that, that won't be experienced by the believer in Christ. Just one death, a physical death, unless, of course, the Lord comes before we die. And that's the only group of people who will never actually experience physical death, or those that are on this earth at the time of the rapture. And uh, Paul speaks about that in other places in the New Testament. So there are two deaths. There's resurrection, not reincarnation. And then the third afterlife insight is that, that, that death is not final. I've kind of already said that, but, but I just want to come back to that point, that death is not final. You're standing there next to a grave. You're saying goodbye to a loved one or a friend or maybe even a stranger. That, that's not the stopping point. That's just a passageway from this life into the next life. And what gives us hope as believers in Jesus Christ, what gave Martha and Mary and all the Jews who came to console her hope on the day when Lazarus died and was put in the grave, what gave her hope was that Jesus said, your brother will rise again. But Martha, I want you to understand more than just the theology you got in the classroom that you checked off. Yeah, I, I believe all that. I, I want you to have a relationship with the present reality who is the resurrection and the life, and that's me. And death is not final. Back up a little bit from the empty grave to the cross. Your sins are not fatal. And those are two reasons to shout hallelujah this morning. Our sins are not fatal because of the cross of Jesus Christ. He who became he who had no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of Christ. He took our sin and became sin and took all our punishment on the cross. Otherwise, our sins are fatal. And we experience not only the first death, the physical death, but a spiritual death in the afterlife where we're separated from God forever. You come to the cross of Jesus Christ, your sins are not fatal anymore. He took care of that. And furthermore, death is not final because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I like to say that uh, you know, there are a lot of mysteries in life and a lot of circumstances in life that cause us to maybe scratch our heads a little bit and wonder, and that all the mysteries of life are truly solved in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you won't scratch your head from time to time and wonder you know, why the delay or why this direction or why the disease or why even the what from our perspective seems like an untimely death, we see through a glass darkly, Paul says, you know, fuzzy, puzzling reflections of the afterlife. God hasn't told us everything we want to know. He's told us everything we need to know, enough to take a step of faith and to trust Him even through the valley of the shadow of death. All of life's mysteries are solved in Jesus Christ, including mysteries of the afterlife, because He's the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I'll just leave you with the same question Jesus posed to Martha. Do you believe this? 
I'm not saying with your head. The devils are at that level. But do you believe it such that Jesus is a present reality in your life? You may not know what you don't know, but you know that you know Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, and He is the resurrection and the life. It's interesting that three times in these I am statements, He mentions life. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have yet to look at that one. And today's, I am the resurrection and the life. And friends, you never really start living this life until you solve some of the riddles and the mysteries of the afterlife. It begins at the cross of Christ and that empty tomb and having a personal relationship with this one who says, I am the answer to the riddle. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, The Resurrection and the Life. I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Ron Jones to the studio. Ron, many of us have asked the question, why me? Why did my parents divorce? Why did my child die? Why do I have a terminal illness? These are tragic circumstances, and it's understandable why those questions so often get asked. What would you say to someone who is going through this kind of personal torment and asking these kinds of questions? You know, Brian, these kinds of circumstances are heartbreaking, and my heart goes out to anyone going through this kind of pain. It saddens me deeply when I see someone suffering. And at the same time, the ultimate reason we must understand for our suffering is sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible teaches that even death itself entered into this world because of sin. Uh, we live in a fallen world, and the sad consequences of sin is that, well, there's, there's sickness and disease and death itself. There's divorce and a thousand other hurts and pains and sufferings in this life. But let's turn this whole question around. We sinned, and there are consequences to sin, but God didn't sin. God did absolutely nothing wrong. And yet, look at what our sin cost Him. Look at what He endured for our sakes. He came to earth and lived as a man in the person of Jesus Christ, not a rich man, not a man with lofty social status. He came from a family of modest means. Then He served us all His life. The God of the universe lived a life of self-sacrifice, serving his creation when his creation ought to have been serving him. And then he died on the cross for our sins. He sacrificed everything so that we could regain the eternal life we ourselves forfeited in the Garden of Eden. And so rather than ask why we're having to endure hardship and pain and suffering, let's instead praise God for enduring hardship on our behalf. He endured all of the same things you and I go through, suffering and rejection and ultimately death, so that we might have eternal life with him in heaven. I know we're up against the clock, so let me close with these words from the Apostle Paul. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That is our hope. That is our future. With God's help, we can endure the suffering in this life because we look forward to the wondrous and eternal joy of the next life. 
What a great word of encouragement, Ron. It reminds me of something else the Apostle Paul said, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Well, before we leave for today, let's talk about tomorrow. What's in store for next time, Ron, as you move ahead in your current series? Brian, this next I am statement is perhaps the most well-known of all, and it is easily the most controversial. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And with that statement, Jesus drew a very clear dividing line between himself and every other so-called God out there. He forced us to make a decision between him and every other God or belief system. You can discount him if you wish, but you cannot lump him in with other gods or other belief systems. He didn't leave us that option. And so we'll take a deep dive into this hard saying of Jesus next time as I continue my series, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons He is Still the One and Only. Join us then for something good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, The Way, The Truth, and The Life. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.